Hey, St. John, this is Pastor Adam, and today uh, the person being interviewed is me, and I've been looking forward to sitting down and having this conversation and just speaking more explicitly about the idea of considering having an elementary school here at St. John, the motion before the congregation with hiring a school planter slash principal towards that aim of an elementary school. And so instead of me just talking to myself the whole time, uh, thankfully, uh, Deacon Estalia uh, has sat down and she's taken back the the interview microphone. And so she's asking the questions. And so let's have uh, Deaconess take it away. Hey, St. John. I am Deacon Estalia. And today we have a special episode where I am actually interviewing Pastor Adam, not on his sermon, but about the motion that our congregation will be voting on um, coming up on November 20th. And this motion is about hiring a school planter slash principal. And there have been different episodes on this podcast so far where Pastor Adam has been the one interviewing, and he's interviewed different congregation members and, and church leaders as well. And we thought this would be a special opportunity to actually get to talk to him. Um, Pastor Adam, you grew up in Michigan attending Lutheran schools. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background with them? So let's see here. I went to Trinity Lutheran School in Utica, Michigan from four-year-old preschool through eighth grade, uh, Lutheran High School North in Macomb County for my high school years, Concordia University in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and then the seminary, uh, Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. And so I've, I've been through the Lutheran school system and a product of it. So what are some of the blessings of attending Lutheran schools? Uh, looking back on those years of, of just development and growth, uh, one thing I have consistently treasured is is the role of faith formation that takes place within our schools. Uh, whether it's the intentional religion classes and, and chapel services, uh, or just, just the, the entire environment is, is rooted in Christ. And uh, I, you know, I have pretty vivid memories of being in first grade and memorizing the small catechism for the first time. I remember doing, you know, look up books of the Bible in, in fifth grade classes, kind of a game we would do in between lessons or, um, and just my education through these schools has really helped form me as a Christian and has really prepared me in a lot of ways for, for life and for service and, and and I think has been a, a major influence of just uh, the route I took to head towards the ministry and to the pastorate. So it sounds like all of your classes and, and years as part of a Lutheran school did involve the faith. Like you never were learning without the faith being a part of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any particular memories or stories that come to mind when you think of your time as a student? I think recently I've been recalling some of my music lessons, you know, you'd have, you know, music time. And so you have, you know, your choir practice. And I remember the first time learning, this is the feast, you know, and it's in whatever early grade or, uh, what was her name? I think it was, a uh, Mrs. Grevy was our music teacher. And I remember in first grade, her teaching us, Oh, come on, come Emmanuel for the first time. And it's, it's so meaningful that some of those little lessons there and just the, the impact they have now, I think of uh, my time in high school and part of the reason why I love reading and literature so much and seeing Christ even in those things has to do a lot with the, the English teachers and uh, how readily they were looking at the themes of, of American literature and British literature and so on. Um, but the discussion is still rooted in Christ and uh, you're never too far from 
from the faith, no matter what you're studying, you know, from, from math to science and so on. And it's, I'm deeply indebted and um, very grateful for my education and, and the teachers that formed me. And uh, yeah. Would you say that this formation that you had at, at your schools impacted your decision to become a pastor? Uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly believe so. Uh, just being in Lutheran schools, you're just aware of of church work. You know, you have your Lutheran school teachers, of course. You have pastors that are coming in and helping with religion classes or leading chapels, and it's it's a real discussion. It's a real center point. Uh, I remember in high schools, you'd have the the admissions counselors coming from the Concordias, right? And they would be there doing their you know their college recruitment and you know amongst the many options for university it's just been good to have those mentors uh, not only of teachers but also just of fellow peers who are thinking of church work as well and uh kind of the iron sharpens iron effect yeah you mentioned your fellow peers and i know i've had the blessing of meeting some of your friends that some are lutheran pastors or lutheran school teachers now and you actually knew them like in at your Lutheran high school, right? You had met them and, and are s- still good friends with them. Yeah, there's, it's neat to have those uh, connections long term, and and I think one of the challenges is you get sent out, right? And you know we're kind of scattered across the country in different ways, and um, but we still have that that shared uh, time together in 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 schooling and in study for church work and ministry. Yeah, it does make me think of my own experiences. Even though I went to public school for elementary and high school, I also went to Concordia, Concordia, Chicago. And I will agree, I've I have friendships right now that that were started at, at school and the reason they've continued is just having the same faith in Christ. And even though we live far away, because some of them also are church workers, we still get together when we're able to and we still talk and are able to comfort each other with with the gospel of Christ and still share memories and and I'm just really thankful for that experience at at Concordia. Yeah, absolutely and and I think one thing that might be good to uh say as well our Lutheran schools and the system isn't solely in existence to prepare church workers but it's you know we're we're definitely two products of that. Um I even just remember you know in our Concordia days, right? You know there are other folks who are studying other degrees and other fields or uh, my high school was very much a, a college prep high school, uh, very much pride on itself on on the the very high percentage of students that went on to university and to just, you know, the biggest name universities and some universities I probably shouldn't name around a crowd from Columbus. So, Yeah, and I know at Concordia there was a lot of emphasis on preparing us for our vocations and talking about what that word means. And it, like you said, it's not just church work, but and it might not even be a job. It could just be other relationships that God may be preparing us for, whether that's you know marriage or family or or whatnot. Can include there, there's a richness of just diversity of what this formation could be. That makes sense. Yeah, and and it's you know as we raise our children, uh, our task is to raise them well for the life and vocation that God's going to place them into. And and a exactly. lot and a lot of times our our, our Lutheran schools are a, a wonderful instrument in doing that. And that no matter where we end up in, in career or occupation or vocation and task and station in life, uh, that, that formation that happens within 
a Lutheran school, it can be a really impactful thing for that. For sure. And it's really interesting too. My experience at Concordia, there were still quite a few people who would go to the college and were not Lutheran. And then there were some who were not Christian at all too. And there would sometimes be baptisms, you know, during chapel or there would be just conversations that they'd have with other students who were Christians or or from from the faculty and staff as well. And uh, it was just always an open, it was always a part of the classroom and always part of so many of the groups too on campus. And I think that is definitely a blessing of Lutheran schools is just the missional aspect too, that there are many who families may not be going to church, may they may not be Christians. And I guess to kind of go back to my personal experience, uh, my family put me into a Lutheran preschool and they were not attending church. And that was really what got my family back into the church was that Lutheran preschool that had that. And, you know, they didn't put me into it necessarily because of the Christian part, but it had an excellent reputation as a preschool. And the Lord used that to bring my family back into the faith. Because you, you were not baptized as an infant. No, no, I wasn't baptized until I was five. Until you are five. Yeah. I was even thinking of uh, one of my close mentors. He teaches some of the intro religion classes at Concordia Ann Arbor. And those classes are especially uh, for students who don't have a church background. And so sometimes it's the first time they're opening a Bible. It's for the first time they're hearing the the narrative of salvation and, and what their Savior has done for them. And as much as our schools exist to form our children in the faith, our schools are really those mission outposts. And no matter what we do as the church, it, it flows forth from the making disciples, the, the task of making disciples, baptizing and teaching. And it's it's such a blessing to be a part of that that life and system. We talked a little bit about both of us being students of, of Lutheran schools in, in different ways. I also want to ask you about your vicarage congregation. You served at Emmanuel in Washington, Missouri, and it had a preschool to eighth grade Lutheran school. But obviously you were not a student, but you were a vicar, and I know that you were teaching religion classes. So I just want to ask you about that experience, about what it was like teaching and then just being part of a church and school. Yeah, Emanuel Lutheran Church and School in Washington, Missouri. It's uh you always talk you always talk very highly of them. Yeah, uh, I I think very fondly back upon my vicarage. And uh it was it was a wonderful blessing of a year and um one of my favorite aspects was to be so involved in the daily life of the school on a on a staff side of it. I often take my lunch down in the cafeteria with the students and as at the teacher's table. Uh, I taught uh, religion to the seventh grade class, especially, and got really close to them. And you would just fill in in different ways. And, uh, you know, you're a vicar and you just kind of get, you know, you get thrown into stuff as, as, as vicars do. I'm pretty sure that that was my least favorite last day of school, just because I just didn't want the year to end. Um, it was really neat to be on that side of, uh, of the Lutheran school uh, project and system of you know being part of the staff, talking with the principal, uh, helping to accomplish tasks and projects and so on, and yeah, just to be part of the faith formation of children in that way—that's is a special time. 
How involved was the congregation with the school? Uh, there was a great deal of of overlap of, of congregation life and school life. Uh, I'm just trying to think back to some of the stories of Manuel. Uh, every year they would make something known as apple butter. Have you ever heard of apple butter? Yeah, yeah. I made some. Yeah, so they, they would sell apple butter, and so they'd be cutting apples, like, you know, I don't know how many thousands of pounds of apples. And over in the cafeteria, I just remember, you know, a lot of the uh, the the senior folks would be there, you know, carving up apples, and students would go over and help after they're done with lunch, or the, you know, the school choirs would sing during church on Sundays, and a lot of, of sharing and common purpose that would happen between the congregation and the school, and, you know, the, the congregation really saw it was part of their mission of sharing Christ. Uh, baptisms would happen during school chapels, and baptisms of school families would happen on Sunday mornings as well. It was a, a very united effort. That's so awesome. Yeah, that reminds me a little bit um, at my previous call at Grace Lutheran Church in, in St. Petersburg, Florida, we would have these monthly dinners where the associate pastor would lead in, he was a, he used to be a cook. Um, so his pastor was, or being a pastor was second career for him. So he would lead cooking these huge meals and it would be for both the congregation and the church to come together and, and eat. Um, a meal together and share that. And you're right, there were uh, baptisms that would happen um, sometimes on Sundays or sometimes uh, at chapel during the week or the, the choir would sing too on Sunday. Um, and yeah, things like that. It was really cool to kind of see that overlap. In thinking about things here, we are blessed with an amazing preschool. And what are some of your favorite parts of the preschool here at St. John? Well, I, uh, as a recording, I got to go to chapel today and see uh, Nathaniel and Abby uh, in, in their preschool and kindergarten classes and just attend chapel with them as, as a parent. It's special to be part of that faith formation that way. I think our preschool and, and staff are just absolutely superb. And their, their love of, of the children that come through our doors, the uniqueness with which they care for the children in their classes, uh, the and navigating different uh, language and culture and, and um, all of it's just a, a wonderful blessing to be a part of. Uh, Bonnie is just a, just a wonderful um, uh, presence and support. And she, uh, I think our preschool is so blessed to have her at the helm of that effort. I really don't like the summers too much here when the preschool is not in session either. It's so quiet at the church. So quiet. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's been really fun as a staff member here getting to getting to know the kids through drop-off and through sometimes that's snack time or if there's a special activity, uh, just getting to be around walking down the hall and there's there's class going on. And, and like you said, getting to attend chapel um, and hearing them sing these songs about Christ, like it's it really is a great experience. I wanted to ask a question because I know this journey more or less started 18 months ago when the executive council started the ad hoc exploratory school committee. Why did you encourage this committee to form and what have you learned throughout your time on this ad hoc committee? That's a definitely a big question with a lot of answers. And so far I'll remember most of them now. I think the first thing to say is whatever we do as a congregation, as, as St. John, it is flowing forth from the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection for us. And whatever we do is aimed towards making disciples, right? Caring for each other in, in the faith and also 
evangelizing and bringing the good news to those who have not heard it. And so no matter our efforts, whether it's having a preschool, whether it's the amount of Bible studies we have at the congregation or a, a community trunk or treat event or a community garden or and on and on, all these things flow forth from our Lord who is crucified and risen for us and for the world. And the same would be true with going into an elementary school is that's the mission, that would be the why, that's the aim. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to be really particular um, in our letter to the congregation, uh, me and Tony Reedy, was we're not looking to compete with our public schools in the community. We're not looking to compete with our private schools in the community or even with homeschool parents. Uh, the, the focus of this school would be to share Christ. And what comes along with this, of course, is strong education, safe environment for children, you know, all, all the things that come with a, a quality school. We've already talked before a fair bit of uh, raising children in the faith and also our schools being mission outposts and that, that dual uh, nature of it is, is certainly true of, of Lutheran schools, and I, I think we could do that well. I remember when I first moved here, well, over seven years ago now, and being surprised that there wasn't a, a Missouri Synod school in the Columbus area proper. Right, the closest one was in Marysville, about 25 minutes away. The next closest is out in Springfield. I think it's like 45 minutes to an hour away. And Rachel actually applied to both schools just because those were our options at the time. It seems like St. John is in a good place and position to do, uh, to do that task of, of having an elementary school here. The size of our facilities, the fact that we have a gym, we have classrooms built. There was a great deal of effort in, in, in construction and dollars put into having a school. And, and I recognize the start and stop efforts that have taken place. And, and I'm continuing to listen and hear more of, of those stories and times from congregation members. But we're in a really good position to actually give this a go. And uh, bring on the school planter or principal if the congregation votes you know, in favor of this motion you know, this person is going to have just a, a really nice uh, setting to, to do what needs to be done. And a lot of worries and concerns uh, that often come with starting a school, like building a whole building, those aren't the immediate concerns here. The concerns are, what, what, what should we charge for tuition? How do we recruit students? Uh, bringing on teachers? I mean, you know, the actual day-to-day school stuff. And that's a really neat thing. By bringing a Lutheran school closer to the Columbus area, I, I think our location is absolutely prime, being on the outer belt of 270, right along that 33 corridor that um, where all that development is going. Unless you're driving out to Marysville, unless you're driving out to Honda, you're passing right by us. Or you have the 270 outer belt. I think our other sister Lutheran congregations would uh, be glad to send students our way and uh, be connected that way. Uh, we already have a couple of families that send students to our kindergarten from beautiful Savior and Powell, for instance. We also know that we have a, a good deal of, of connection even with the other private schools in the area. A lot of times we will have uh, overflow students from St. Brendan's or St. Bridget's that will attend um, our preschool. And so I think just having another um, a strong uh, Christian uh, gospel-centered 
uh, school in the area is, is going to have a natural benefit. We also have just have a strong network and support amongst our international communities. Uh, we are known amongst those communities as, you know, send your children to this school. And I think we can certainly lean into those, um, uh, to those communities in terms of advertising and marketing. And it's also just interesting where we're placed as St. John in terms of our school districts. We're right on the border of Dublin and Hilliard schools, for instance, you know, where we're sitting in, in, in the church building, we're in uh, along Rings Road, we're the city of Dublin school districts. But if you go across the parking lot and go to my house, uh, it's Hilliard schools. And just not too far on the other side of Kaltenbach Park are Columbus City Schools. I was about to say, then two more minutes down the road are my apartments, which are, uh, the district is Columbus. Right, yeah. right. And so it's um, it's just this interesting nexus of an area, which means there's, at the very least, just in our, in walking distance, there's, there are three different school districts all trying to care for their communities in three different ways. And we could provide an option that might be a way to meet um, uh, folks and families, you know, in, in a variety of ways. I did want to mention that the letter you sent out to the congregation, at the end of it, it had said no matter what the results of the motion were, that we'd still be the congregation of St. John. What do you mean by that? What I meant by those words is that, of course, uh, my bias is very clear <laughs> uh, in terms of asking the executive council way back to form an ad hoc committee to explore this, uh, the the sharing of this letter with the congregation. And I recognize I, I, I'm very much sharing my opinion and my bias and where I think the Lord is directing us. But no matter how the motion goes, we're the congregation of St. John. And I really mean that. And even when things seem all lined up and this is the way to go and, you know, life happens or, you know, things take a sudden turn. We know our Lord is still in control and maybe there's another avenue and way that he is uh, yet to reveal to us and how we share Christ with our congregation and with our community. Um, I, I really want to encourage the congregation to, to trust those words. And, and just as, as the pastor here, I, I care incredibly for, for the people here. I, I care for those that are very excited about this potential opportunity. And, and I truly do hear those who have concerns and, and worries of, should we do this? Should we not? Are we taking the right steps? Um, I'm, I'm doing my very best to hear everyone in this task because no matter how we come through it, I still got to be your pastor. We still got to be brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think we're a congregation that can rise to making difficult decisions and coming out through it together. Partly, I know this is you know just how we went through the pandemic together, and you know every week I I heard very different thoughts and opinions from congregation members of what we should or shouldn't do and how to navigate that and and we're still the congregation of St. John on on the other side of that. And and the head of the church is still Jesus Christ. That <laughs> that's the best part. He's our foundation. It's no matter what the results of the motion are with or without a school that will not change. Yeah, and that's the best part of um it, it's Christ church, not my church, not your church, not the council's church, not no matter how long you've been a member here or not, it's not your church either. It's it is church. And we're doing what we hope is the best that we can. It seems good at this time. 
Um, but thankfully, our Lord is crucified and risen. And that means it really is going to be okay, however it all shakes out. And we, we give thanks for that certainty we have in Christ. Do you have any advice for our St. John family as they deliberate this opportunity of hiring a school planter slash principal? I'd ask the congregation to uh, keep this whole process in prayer, that you would attend one of the remaining town hall meetings. And uh, whether you are leaning for the motion or against the motion, it's so important for you to share where you stand on these things. It's important for the brothers and sisters of this congregation to hear one another. Maybe this is because uh, we went through, a, in my book group, we just did a recent study through spiritual warfare and, and the, the attack of the devil and, and temptation and sin. Maybe that's, I have it a little more up at the forefront of my mind. It is so easy for the devil to cause division in a congregation. It can be over something so silly and small, and it can be over something so large and unexpected. And, you know, emotion like this is, is certainly a, a, a large question of, of what we'll do as a congregation. And, and my prayer is that no matter how the motion goes, we don't let, we don't let the devil divide us, but rather we remain united under the one into whom we've been baptized, our Lord who's risen for us. So please, uh, St. John, I encourage you, keep this in prayer, share your thoughts and have conversation, and let's continue to navigate this together no matter how the, the Lord leads in the vote. I just wanted to add to what you said about keeping this in prayer, that it's a good thing that when we pray, just that God's name be hallowed, that his kingdom come and his will be done in whatever the decision is that our congregation comes to, and to, to trust in that and and pray that we are at peace with whatever happens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as we've done with our voters means, we're, we're still going to end this one the same way, which is with the Lord's Prayer and with the singing of the doxology, and then we praise our God from whom all blessings flow. And it's going to be true no matter the, the direction of the motion. Thank you, Pastor, for taking the time to be interviewed and talk about this really important topic. Take care, you guys. Thanks, Deaconess. Have a good one. Okay, bye. Bye.